How is the melting Arctic permafrost impacting global emissions? And do Americans support Biden's recent climate proposals? Hey y'all, welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start in Chile, where the government just issued an unprecedented water rationing plan for its capital, Santiago, as the drought there enters its 13th year. The plan has four tiers from green to red, starting with public service announcements, then restricting water pressure, then rotating water cuts of up to 24 hours for about 1.7 million customers. What tier they're on depends on the water levels of the two local rivers. Meanwhile, an unusually early heat wave has hit parts of India's northwest. Delhi was forecasted to reach 8 degrees Celsius above normal levels on Monday. A new climate analysis out of the World Weather Attribution Network found that climate change was the driver behind the intense rainfall during the three tropical cyclones and two deadly storms that slammed into Madagascar, Malawi, and Mozambique in January and February. As the Attribution Network co-founder said, quote, Again, we are seeing how people with the least responsibility for climate change are bearing the brunt of the impacts. Now let's look at some climate victories. Previous analyses looking into the global pandemic recoveries found that very little of the recovery funds were allocated to building back greener. Since that report came out and the Ukraine crisis began, the amount of money allocated by world governments towards the clean energy transition has grown from $380 billion as of July 2021 to $714 billion now. This means that it now surpasses how much money went to green efforts after the 2008 financial crisis. The International Energy Agency, or IEA, which reported these numbers, says that it's still not good enough, but it's getting there. In Queensland, Australia, the government green-lighted a green hydrogen and ammonia project, which it hopes will rebound to the economy after the liquid natural gas, or LNG, construction boom ended five years ago. The mining billionaire Andrew Forrest is already building the world's largest electrolyzer in the central city, Gladstone, which is slowly becoming a clean energy hub. Both the hydrogen and ammonia will be made using renewable energy. A new analysis by Carbon Brief shows that newspapers in the United Kingdom have quadrupled the space they give to climate change coverage over the last three years. The study drew on information for 1,300 editorials and found that the voice of these newspapers has also shifted in favor of climate action. Going online now, Meta, Facebook and Instagram's parent company, recently dismantled a Brazilian climate change disinformation network after revealing that the network was created by members of the Brazilian military. This was the first successful operation by Meta to shut down an environmental-based misinformation campaign. The unidentified network created fake accounts on Facebook and Instagram, posing as NGOs and activists focusing on environmental issues in Brazil, such as the Amazon deforestation. With those accounts, they attacked legitimate NGOs and claimed that not all deforestation is bad. It's not surprising that this stemmed from the Brazilian army, but disappointing nonetheless. Meta has plenty more operations to do since climate misinformation is rampant on Facebook. 
In the United States, climate scientists, policy experts, and environmental justice advocates announced a new six-year, $41 million effort to fill in knowledge gaps on the impacts of melting Arctic permafrost. Permafrost is frozen ground located under most of the Arctic. It can be hundreds of feet deep, containing dead plants and animals from several centuries. When the permafrost thaws, all of the dead things it's maintained start to decompose, releasing carbon dioxide and methane. In addition to increasing research to understand how the melting permafrost impacts future emissions projections, the project will also look at methods to reduce the global impacts of permafrost emissions and how to help Native Alaskans deal with the thawing ground. The project, led by the Massachusetts-based Woodwell Climate Research Center, is financed by private donors, including billionaire philanthropist Mackenzie Scott. Other participating organizations include the Belfast Center for Science and International Affairs at Harvard University and the Alaska Institute of Justice. In Georgia, Brightmar Energy and a local county canceled what would have been the largest facility turning plastic into fuel after the company failed to deliver on an end product to Indianans at another one of its facilities. This is a big blow to the petrochemical industry's big plan to claim plastic as recyclable because it could be made into fuel. Neither plastic nor the fuel it creates are environmentally friendly. Federally, the White House launched a $1 billion program Monday to boost its conservation efforts. President Joe Biden has a goal of preserving 30% of federal lands and waters by 2030. This program, called the America the Beautiful Challenge, provides a one-stop shop for states, tribes, and NGOs to access federal conservation and restoration grants. Meanwhile, a new Gallup poll shows that most Americans support six of the recent climate proposals Biden has made. 89% favor tax credits to incentivizing installing clean energy systems in homes. 75% favor tax incentives for businesses to use clean energy systems. 71% favored high fuel efficiency standards for vehicles. 61% favored providing tax credits to those who purchase electric vehicles. 59% favored using federal money for electric vehicle charging stations across the country. There are so many ways people can help reduce their environmental impact, but maybe we shouldn't just list them all out. A new study published in the journal Environmental Psychology found people presented with too many climate solutions actually reduced their pro-environmental behavior. People feel less compelled to act in a more climate-friendly way when they are exposed to a large number of easy-to-accomplish tasks or a large number of tasks that must be done regularly. After two weeks of the study, participants given a larger list of mitigation strategies successfully implemented less of them than those given a smaller list. This makes sense because in general, when people are given too many options, they are less likely to make a choice at all. This next news point might be considered a climate victory for some, but for others, not so much. Joe Biden has temporarily upped the ethanol limit in gas from 10% to 15%, which could save about 10 cents per gallon. Gas with 15% ethanol is called E15. This is an interesting move, but there are conflicting reports about whether ethanol has lower emissions than gasoline. This will put more demand on the ethanol industry to supply more, which, depending on the type of ethanol, could mean more harmful agricultural practices to up the yield of corn. Now for a few climate fails. The UK Labour Party is calling on an immediate nationwide ban for Just Stop Oil protests, saying that they are causing misery to drivers. 
Just Stop Oil has been disrupting oil terminals, causing shortages at the pump, in an effort to push the UK to stop new oil licensing and production. When the IPCC report came out last week, the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said, quote, Climate activists are sometimes depicted as dangerous radicals, but the true dangerous radicals are the countries that are increasing production of fossil fuels. And over in Canada, data from the Rainforest Action Network shows that Canadian banks more than doubled financial support in 2021 for the emissions-heavy tar sands, providing $16.8 billion. This despite signing the UN's Net Zero Banking Alliance to reduce emissions through financing. Lenders included the Royal Bank of Canada, Toronto Dominion Bank, and the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. Let's finish off today on a high note. Over in Sundarban, which straddles India and Bangladesh, women are leading the movement to plant hundreds of thousands of mangrove trees to naturally reduce the impacts of sea level rise, flooding, worsening storm surges, and erosion in the area. Their efforts are supported by the Nature, Environment, and Wildlife Society. Many men in this community leave the area for work, leaving it to women to deal with the environmental catastrophes. And that was your climate news for the day. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Beckosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.